Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about epilepsy. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash epilepsy or in the neurology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. And you can find flashcards and questions to train your knowledge on this content and help you remember the information for longer at members.zerotofinals.com. So let's get straight into it. Epilepsy is a condition characterized by seizures. Seizures are transient episodes of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. Let's go through the types of seizure. The types of seizure generally seen in adults include generalized tonic-clonic seizures, partial seizures, which are also called focal seizures, myoclonic seizures, tonic seizures, and atonic seizures. The types that are commonly seen in children include absence seizures, infantile spasms, and febrile convulsions. And we're going to go through all of these in more detail. Generalized tonic-clonic seizures involve tonic, which is muscle tensing, and clonic, which is muscle jerking, movements associated with a complete loss of consciousness. Typically, the tonic phase comes before the clonic phase. So the patient has intense muscle tensing followed by muscle jerking. Generalized tonic-clonic seizures are also called grand mal seizures. Before the seizure, patients might experience aura, which is an abnormal sensation that gives a warning that a seizure is going to occur. They may have tongue biting, incontinence, groaning and irregular breathing during the seizure. After the seizure, there's a prolonged post-ictal period, which is where the person is confused, tired and irritable or low. Partial seizures, which are also called focal seizures, occur in an isolated area of the brain, often in the temporal lobes. They may affect hearing, speech, memory and emotions. Patients stay awake during a partial seizure. They may remain aware during a simple partial seizure, but lose awareness even though they're still awake during a complex partial seizure. There are various symptoms associated with partial seizures, depending on the location of the abnormal electrical activity, such as déjà vu, strange smells, tastes, sight or sound sensations, unusual emotions or abnormal behaviours. Myoclonic seizures present with sudden brief muscle contractions like an abrupt jump or a jolt. The patient remains awake during myoclonic seizures. They can occur as part of juvenile myoclonic epilepsy in children. Tonic seizures involve a sudden onset of increased muscle tone where the entire body stiffens. This results in a fall if the patient's standing, usually falling backwards. Tonic seizures only last a few seconds or at most a few minutes. Atonic seizures, which cause drop attacks, involve a sudden loss of muscle tone, often resulting in a fall. They last only briefly and the patient is usually aware during the episode. 
atonic seizures often begin in childhood and they can be indicative of Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. Absent seizures are usually seen in children. The patient becomes blank, stares into space and then abruptly returns to normal. During an absent seizure, the patient is unaware of their surroundings and they do not respond. They typically last 10 to 20 seconds. Most patients stop having absent seizures as they get older. Infantile spasms are also known as West syndrome. This is a rare 1 in 4,000 disorder that starts around 6 months of age. It presents with clusters of full body spasms. Hypsarrhythmia is the characteristic EEG finding. It's also associated with developmental regression and it has a poor prognosis. Treatment is with ACTH and Vigabatrin. Finally, febrile convulsions are tonic-clonic seizures that occur in children during a high fever. Febrile convulsions are not caused by epilepsy or other pathology such as meningitis or tumours. Febrile convulsions occur in children aged between 6 months and 5 years and they do not usually cause any lasting damage. 1 in 3 patients will have another febrile convulsion. Having a febrile convulsion slightly increases the risk of developing epilepsy later in life. Let's talk about the differential diagnosis. It's essential to differentiate seizures from other conditions with a similar presentation. Other conditions that can cause episodes that may be confused with seizures include vasovagal syncope, which is fainting, pseudoseizures, which are non-epileptic attacks, cardiac syncope, for example arrhythmias or structural heart disease, causing loss of consciousness, hypoglycemia or a low sugar level, hemiplegic migraine or a transient ischemic attack. Next let's talk about the investigations. An electroencephalogram or EEG shows typical patterns in different forms of epilepsy and helps to support the diagnosis. An MRI scan of the brain is used to diagnose structural pathology that could cause seizures such as tumours. Additional investigations can be considered to exclude associated pathology, for example an ECG for the heart, serum electrolytes including sodium, potassium, calcium and magnesium, blood glucose level to look for hypoglycemia and diabetes, and blood cultures, urine cultures and a lumbar puncture where sepsis, encephalitis or meningitis is suspected. Next let's talk about management. Patients and families presenting with seizures are advised about safety precautions and recognising, managing and reporting further seizures. Safety precautions include that the DVLA will remove the patient's driving licence until specific criteria are met, for example being seizure-free for one year, taking showers instead of baths as there's a risk of drowning with epilepsy and particular caution with swimming, heights, traffic and dangerous equipment. 
Treatment depends on the type of seizure and is guided by a specialist. The aim of treatment is to be seizure-free on the minimum amount of anti-epileptic medications, ideally monotherapy with a single drug. First-line therapies depend on the type of seizure, and this is based on the NICE guidelines from 2022. There is a difference in management between men, women who cannot have children, and women that are able to have children. And this is because sodium valproate is very harmful in pregnancy. Generalised tonic-clonic seizures are treated with sodium valproate in men and women that cannot have children, and they're treated with lamotrigine or levetiracetam in women that are able to have children. Partial or focal seizures are treated with lamotrigine or levetiracetam. Myoclonic seizures are treated with sodium valproate in men or women that cannot have children or with levetiracetam in women that are able to have children. Tonic and atonic seizures are treated with sodium valproate in men or women that cannot have children and lamotrigine in women that can have children and absent seizures are treated with ethosuximide. Other less commonly used anti-epileptic drugs to be aware of include carbamazepine, phenytoin and topiramate. Let's talk in more detail about sodium valproate. Sodium valproate works by increasing the activity of gamma-aminobutyric acid or GABA which has a calming effect on the brain. Notable side effects of sodium valproate include that it's teratogenic, meaning harmful in pregnancy, liver damage and hepatitis, hair loss, tremor and reduced fertility. Sodium valproate in pregnancy can cause neural tube defects and developmental delay. There are strict rules for avoiding sodium valproate in females with childbearing potential unless there are no suitable alternatives and strict criteria are met. The Valproate Pregnancy Prevention Program is in place to ensure this happens and this involves ensuring effective contraception and an annual risk acknowledgement form. Finally, let's talk about status epilepticus. Status epilepticus is a medical emergency defined as either a seizure lasting more than five minutes or multiple seizures without regaining consciousness in the interim. Management of status epilepticus involves an ABCDE approach, including securing the airway, giving high concentration oxygen, checking the blood glucose levels, and gaining intravenous access, inserting a cannula. Medical treatment for status epilepticus involves a benzodiazepine first line and this is repeated after 5-10 to 10 minutes if the seizure continues. Second line options after two doses of a benzodiazepine are IV levetiracetam, phenytoin or sodium valproate and third line options are phenobarbital or a general anesthesia. The options for benzodiazepines are buccalmidazolam, typically 10mg for adults, rectal diazepam, typically 10mg for adults, or intravenous lorazepam, 
typically 4 milligrams per dose for adults. So thanks for listening to this episode on epilepsy. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. I recommend heading over to members.zerotofinals.com to test yourself on this information using the short answer questions, flashcards and other questions. You can also find my course on how to learn medicine in the members area, which can help you study for your members exams. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about pain.